Welcome, Welcome to, to Bibles and Bonnets. Hey, I'm your host, Praise. And I'm your co-host, Cheyenne. Get comfy, grab a Bible, and most of all, don't forget your bonnet for this evening's episode. Hey guys, so today we thought that we do something similar to the Born Again message part one. We decided to go dive a little deeper in Resurrection Sunday and we're going to start off with praying in. So everyone bow your heads. Dear Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord, we are thankful that you allowed us to come together to not only praise your name, but spread the gospel. I pray that you allow me to say everything that I need to say on this message. And I pray that you just keep us flowing. I thank you for everyone who's listening. Um, I pray that you cover us and protect us with your blood, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the, um, if you want, Cheyenne's going to go in first with talking about basically Easter, right? You said you wanted to talk about more about yeah, Easter. So I'm just going to, I'm going to give some background into Easter because I think a way that we celebrate it has, um, it predates to some of the pagan practices that they used to do before. Well, so Easter actually, so what is Easter and what are its traditions? So Easter is a Christian holiday that celebrates the belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is typically, as Christians, this is what we believe Easter to be about. Um, you, It consists of the Holy Week. So that includes Holy Thursday, which is the celebration of Jesus's Last Supper. Then Good Friday, on which the, crucifi- the crucifixion is observed. And then Easter Sunday, which is obviously when he rose. Um, and then many of the traditions that we have that are associated with Easter the American slash paganistic mm-hmm, traditions, unquote. quote, air quotes, you guys can't see my fingers, but um, that would be like the eggs, the Easter egg hunts, the Easter bunny who brings chocolate to the children, which is kind of creepy. I never my, really, yeah, I literally never celebrated Easter growing up. I would just see people like, oh, I'm going on an egg hunt. And I'd be like, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it was all about eggs and like, egg decorating mm-hmm. and like my grandmother she celebrates easter and i love her to pieces if she ever listens to this but they would they would have us do like easter egg hunts and like they would hide money in the easter eggs and like oh. yeah money oh. bougie yeah. my bad like five dollars five dollars to a kid well that's the thing is like some of them would have money some of them would have candy and like you had to go around the house and find the most Easter eggs. If it ain't about the money, <laughs> I want to take That's all the money ones. Do, yeah, listen, you know my grandmother is very is a very bougie lady. Okay, she she is a bougie lady. Anyways, you know five dollars here, dollar. The jackpot was the twenty dollar bill one. That was the jackpot that everybody was trying to find. Anyways, I mean it's fun, but where does this come from, right? Like. What what does an egg have to do with Jesus Christ? What does a bunny have to... Where does that even come from? Right, right. So, Easter can be associated with the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility. And her name, I can't pronounce it properly, but it's Eostre or... Yeah, it's spelled E-O-S-T-R-E. I don't know if they need to we know get, how it's yeah. mm-hmm. But basically, that's where the, the term Easter might um, come from. There's also another... Um, mm-hmm. another place that they believe that the word Easter was derived from, and it's from, I think it's a German term that means 
um, the word dawn, like D-A-W-N. Right, right. I don't know what that has to do with Jesus Christ either, but mm-hmm. like I didn't delve into that. I'm pretty sure that the word Easter, though, came from this Greek goddess of fertility. Well, Angela Saxon goddess of, fer- of fertility. Right. And that's what explains the eggs and the bunny, because eggs are a symbol of children and birth and fertility. Bunnies, they are very fertile animals. As you know, they reproduce like crazy, right? So that's kind of like the paganistic traditions that we carry into American culture. So those are just things to keep in mind. That has nothing to do with Jesus Christ and his resurrection or, you know, anything that has to do with Christianity. Nothing to do. So I just wanted to kind of give you guys some background so that you guys kind of know like what you're celebrating when you celebrate Easter. We need Similar to, make- to like Christmas origins when people be when some mm-hmm. people be like, "Oh my gosh, Jesus was born on the 25th." But then other people are like, "Oh, Merry Christmas. It's Jesus' birthday." And they try to tie these pagan holidays yeah. with days associated with Jesus even though I personally don't believe Jesus was born on the 25th. But yeah, cuz you know <laughs> But that's a different... That's a and different, that's the thing is yeah. that they had the Roman calendars. Everybody had their different calendars that mm-hmm. they went by. And that's the thing is Easter is not on the same day every year. We, we're talking about this. It's confusing, right? I, I always thought it was in March, but apparently it bounced. It's never on the same date. And depending on like whether you're an Eastern Orthodox or you follow that calendar or whatever calendar you follow is going to determine what you know day that Easter comes on. So I didn't I you can do research into how they figure out what day it's like the Sunday after whatever. <laughs> yeah, cuz I'm pretty sure earlier in March, literally after my birthday, we was like wasn't Easter in March? We literally I was so I was very confused because y'all like, I could have sworn that Easter was I was like March. it's supposed to been past. So that's the thing and you you know so it's not really about the if you get caught up in the date, you know that's the thing is the Romans and they they changed their calendars, right? Oh, they yeah. basically took this this holiday and ran with it. They said, yeah, we're gonna throw a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do. With they you. had a mile and they ran nine. But for me, even when I would talk to my dad and stuff, I was so used to saying Easter Sunday because usually on Easter Sunday people go to church, dress in white or pink, you know. Yeah, we turned it into cheerful colors, and then they put associate jesus with that day and they're like oh happy easter happy easter when in reality uh, it's resurrection sunday you know yeah it's not easter is entirely different as you mentioned with the whole easter bunny the goddess thing that that has is nothing, a pagan term yeah. that has literally nothing to do with jesus at all the the enemy really be trying to place days on top of days to distract yeah. people from the word goofy self and it don't work okay may work for some people but for the believers what us we know we're not no goofy i'm sorry yeah so that that is the background praise is gonna dive deeper into the resurrection sunday take it away cousin okay so usually resurrection sunday people usually you know there's people who always doubt 
whether the Bible is real or if the Bi- this is just some fallacy or maybe some man in the cave just sat down and thought ex- like in detail of the Old Testament and New Testament. <laughs> or if some people said, hey, guess what? Want to write a fiction book together? I'll write some. You write some. Or boom, we're just going to put it together and ship it out. And then people are going to believe this, this well thought out thing and stuff. People just always have doubt. And then it reminded mm-hmm. me of a Bible study what we was doing when I we was talking about when men have evil in their hearts, they will always try to disprove the truth mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Like I can literally show them as much proof as it can go and they'll sleep and like, hmm, what about that comma in the middle of that sentence? <laughs> like, you know, there's always something, especially when it comes to Jesus, there's always division. Like when Jesus was go told his brothers that he wasn't going to the festival publicly but he went privately and they was like oh some people say he's this some people say he's demon possessed other people say he's this and that and i feel like with resurrection sunday the first question is did it really happen and one thing your dad said that i've written down that i liked he was like oh it is my belief that the enemy attacks this so ferociously because without the resurrection we as christians have nothing mm-hmm. which is the truth is literally the foundation Jesus conquered death itself, overcame that. He fulfilled the law. He literally laid down his life. It was an option. He, he could have easily, when they was mocking him, beating him, all that, he could have easily set them straight. Mm-hmm. But no, he went in there. He stayed silent when Pilate, because Pilate didn't even want to make him go through all that. He knew he was innocent. But Jesus yeah. stayed silent. He literally laid down his life for us. And the thought that he even conquered death... It's just so, like, even today I was really thinking about it. I was looking at, like, nature and stuff, and I was like, wow. Jesus is really real. Like, this is this is really something that's real. And I even wrote in my notes, this is not a figment of someone's imagination. It's not a fable. It's not a fallacy or a lie. One thing my algebra teacher used to say as a joke, she was like, lies, fairy tales, and fallacies. Whenever someone would lie. This is the opposite. <laughs> this is literally the truth. And you know what? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is... We have so much proof that Jesus was a real person. Mm-hmm. We have so much proof. But why? if Jesus was a real person, why has nobody found his body? We're going to get out to that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm I sorry. I didn't people. even want to overstep. No, yeah, I didn't no, even yeah. want to jump. D- girl, I've been asking that question since I was like, hello. Ha. There is so I, much evidence so that much he evidence. was a person. But like I said, when the spirit doesn't reveal himself to you, this whole thing that we sounds talk like about sounds like who? it sounds like oh look at them (laughs) look at them sitting there Mm. ridiculous and then you have people who would try every way shape and form to not accept the truth but personally and this is my belief you cannot agree with me but I personally feel like it's impossible to not believe in nothing 100% nothing Mm -hmm. because even let's say you don't believe in God you're atheist you believe in something Afterlife wise or anything else, you have to believe in something that's happening. You have to believe that someone created something. It's impossible for your mind to just be like, nobody created nothing. This is just nothing. Nothing's going on. I feel like the way our brain is programmed, it's impossible. We will always question, why is this? Why is that? So even if you choose not to accept Jesus, even if you choose not to accept God, even Jesus, because you need to get through the son, to go through the father, you're going to believe in something else. Mm-hmm. You're going to believe in something else. And I also wrote... Um, whenever I, cause whenever I talk to people about Jesus or when I post about Jesus, I always say what I believe is real because it's more than just Bible pages, you know, it's literally a description of his word. 
the living word that has been with us for years and years and years and is still staying strong and is still here. And the fact that they even proved it with like Noah's Ark and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is real. This is as real as it's going to get. And for me, I know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and he will return one day. And the foundation of my faith is my belief, as we was talking about earlier. And I also mm-hmm. wanted to just say, like, I'm generally happy that he never gave up on me and revealed himself to me when he did. Because I could have still been in the same space I was a year ago, which was not it. Mm-hmm. I was literally failing. I literally was so... I never felt any more down, honestly. I mm-hmm. felt... I don't even know. I felt like... I don't know. That's I can't, That's the most I can say. That's the summary of it. I don't even know the headspace I was in to allow myself to be attacked with ferocious thoughts. And the spiritual warfare was real. And so is he. But I know that now is in such a better place that I'm so happy that he never gave up on me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like the first question I wanted to get into was Jesus crucified and killed. So besides the Bible, you know, his living word, you know, that even though times change, his word does not change. We know for sure that we have nine documents Sources outside the Bible that speaks to the life, crucifixion, and death of Jesus Christ. And the validation of Christ is strong. And if you guys want to, you know, search it up yourself. Sources and authors of these documents that I will run through briefly. Guys, I am so sorry. But the way I'm about to butcher these (laughs) names, I am not doing it on purpose. I do the same thing when I read the Bible. I really feel bad. Okay. Talus from 52 AD. You have Tactic. (laughs) Tactitus. <laughs> Hang on, let me yeah, help you. Yeah, Shia, please. All right, we have Thallus from 52 AD. Tactitus. 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 No, Tactitus. Mm-hmm. 56 to, to 120, 120 AD. AD. Marabar Serapian. Serapian? Serapian. 70 AD. Phlegon. <laughs> <laughs> From 80 to 140 A.D. <laughs> Pliny the Younger from 61 to 113 A.D. Suetonius from 69 to 140 A.D. Lucian of Sam- Samosota. Yeah, Samosota, 115 to 200 A.D. Celsus from 175 A.D. Josephus. Josephus. From- Anyway, Josephus. Y'all, I'm so sorry. We are li- <laughs> We're gonna have to read this again. We're gonna have to read this again. Josephus. Josephus. Josephus, 37 to 101 AD. Jewish Talmud from 400 to 700 AD. So those are the names butchered. Again, I am generally sorry. I to this day I'm trying to read Bible names and other because back then, names were so... You know you can distinct. just, like, push play on the Bible app, and then the guy will read the name. But no, these are the sources. Well, besides I'm, I the know. Bible, I'm yeah. Just no, yeah, I know he'll read the name. That's but why I, I knew Josephus, because mm. I hear people say that. Like, name. I know Nicodemus. Somewhere I could just read, like, Nicodemus and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, it probably sounds like this. Yeah. But, you know... No, the, the Pliny, Pl- Pliny... That's those are those are. I forgot words. Pilate's name and I called him Pilate. Pilate, Pilate. <laughs> I forgot Pilate's name and I was like Pilate. Just Pilate. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but basically the stuff I named were the nine documents that basically outside the Bible, because people be like, "Oh, you, the Bible could be this. It's just a publishing company. Oh, it's just that. It's just this." Okay, Miss. So what about these documents that prove it as well? What are you gonna say about these nine sources? Mm-hmm. Wait. 
Okay, cool. Next question. So another <laughs> question I wanted to get into was Jesus really dead? Because you know you got people who think Jesus ran off with Mary. Some people think he had a child with Mary, Margaret. Yeah. And some people mm. think that he faked his death and then dipped and just did all this stuff. Which I'm gonna go into depth since I want not saying y'all, but since some people want to have that doubt, let's talk about the execution techniques of Rome. It's about to get a little gory. So for the execution techniques of Rome, they were the masters of pain and suffering and death. Their methods of execution literally included beheading, strangling, being cast from a great height, burning people alive, drowning, death by beast. Let's not forget that little circus thing when they would send the Christians out there and they would get eaten by lions. Mm -hmm. Then you have crucifixion which is usually when the victim is tied or nailed to a large wooden beam and left to hang perhaps for several days until eventual death from exhaustion. And within the crucifixion method, to go deeper, scourging a person was stripped naked, tied to a post, and then flogged across the back, buttocks, and legs by Roman soldiers. The cruelty did not stop there, and sometimes the Roman soldiers would even hurt the victim further by cutting off a body part such as the tongue or blinding him. Again, so let's talk about it. Was Jesus really dead? So before the cross, before they nailed him to the cross, let's not forget that Jesus was mocked and beaten half to death by the soldiers. It was not a pretty sight. I even would watch, like, even Passion of the Christ. I don't mm. know if not everyone's seen that movie, but there was this one scene when they was beating Jesus with the weapons that they have during that time, and that looked literally brutal. They beaten yeah. Jesus half to death. Okay, it wasn't not no oh punch in the arm. No, those weapons were brutal. Okay? I saw the little Jesus thing that they did on the History Channel. Mm-hmm. And I forget the name of the thing, but it comes on every year. And yeah, the scene was hard to watch. It is hard to watch. It gets, and it goes to show you how he literally laid down his life. He did. It's not like he was assassinated or anything. He literally went. He allowed him everything to happen because he knew. He was there on earth for a purpose, dying for our sins, leading us into the new covenant. He he literally fulfilled every prophecy about him. Who I'm getting goosebumps because it's just it's really crazy talking about it. And let's okay, so beaten half to death by the soldiers, and besides that little weird vinegar on the sponge that they let him drink from, because remember he was on a cross, and then he was like the guy fed him the little sponge thing because he was thirsty. Vinegar. I was like, every time I read that part, I was like, yeah, what is vinegar? Mm-hmm. But besides that, while he was on the cross, he had no food or water, experienced blood loss, not to mention the spear that was stuck in his side, and he hung on the cross for hours in excruciating pain. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget he had the crown of literal thorns mm-hmm. on his head, literally on his head, and he had nails in his hands holding him up. Okay, like. I get a paper cut, and I, I'm a baby, and I cry. And I'm like, oh, my finger, I scratched my finger. Can yeah. you imagine? I can't even imagine the pain that that is. I can't even The closest thing I get is when I almost break a nail, okay? Because when I accidentally <laughs> was washing my hands, y'all, and I, have, I wear rings, so my nail accidentally went into my ring, and it broke my nail, but not like the nail bed. It just, the nail just like... The glue, I guess. But the pain hurt. But that's still nothing compared to literal nails digging through your hand, holding you up on a cross that you're hanging from. Okay? They And like if you knew you were gonna hit your hand, 
and your nail was going to break before you did it. I wouldn't would, do it. You would literally put your hands behind your back and be like, well, I'm not going to touch that thing that I know is going to break right. my, my nail. He knew that was going to happen to Jesus him. knew everything that he had to do. And he still did it. He still did it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then he experienced blood loss. And let's not forget, y'all, the spear that was struck in his side. Okay, so that was already adding to the blood loss that he was probably losing. And he hung on the cross for hours in excruciating pain. So, like I said, I don't know about y'all, but I don't think he was faking his death. And I doubt anyone who's listening here would be down to try everything I just mentioned to even find out if you can survive it and fake your death either. I feel like that description was enough for me to understand. I feel like even so, why... If anyone here wants to try that out, see if they can fake a death and still survive after that, that's on you. But I feel like that's enough for me, even run reading it, to be like, okay, boom. He he did die. He did die. And also, the other thing I want to... If he was still alive, they would know that while they were putting him in the tomb. Right. Because let's... For, um, I'm going to get into it. Because also, was the true... There. I was going to say true... <laughs> <laughs> okay so was the tomb really empty so let's discuss the romans rules and regulations when it came to guard duty because these wasn't no regular soldiers the consequences they would face and no we're going to talk about the guard duty and the consequences they would face for escaped prisoners so the romans had highly skilled warriors with a great deal of experience and an important factor can can, uh, and an important factor to consider y'all is that death was a very common solution to any number of perceived defiances and defiances yeah my fault defiances and this includes infractions such as falling asleep on guard duty. So I decided to search up a few examples because I wanted to go in depth with what did they mean by that because I didn't want to just give y'all something. Y'all like, oh, what do you mean? Well, this is what I mean. Here are a few examples. In 280-271, one, guards were scourged and beheaded and their bodies dishonored. In, two, in 205 BC, guards allowed items to be stolen from a temple. They had to pay back the value of items twofold or else be put to death. A similar consequence was put upon the guards that allowed two ships to be captured. In 39 BC, two centuries, presumably about 200 men, failed to prevent a lieutenant and his men from being ambushed. The consequence was decimation. So yeah, the consequence was decimation. Every 10th man was counted off and a selected man, well, hold on, and the selected men were put to death. So basically, death was inflicted on the deficient guards. And no, a common theme for a deficient Roman guard appears to be death, as y'all can see by my examples. And there were way more. I just chose to do a small one to keep y'all here and keep y'all paying attention. But based on the punishments, it is clear to see that a Roman guard wouldn't simply want to mess up, especially when it came to guarding Jesus' tomb. And even in the book of Acts, it was mentioned that Herod put to death all 16 of the guards in charge of keeping Peter in prison because of their failure. Acts chapter 12, verse 4, which I wanted to read. So everyone turn to Acts. If you follow along with your Bible, do, 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 do. No, 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 no. We're going to do some Christian weight music. Jesus is my help. <laughs> do, 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 do. 
So this is when um, they killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And with Harad's, um harassing some from the church. And because they saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. So when he arrested him and he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. But jokes on them because guess what? An angel of the Lord came out. This is one of my favorite scenes and basically broke Peter out of prison. Right. Okay, boom. Sorry, y'all. And then, so, like I said, I was reading that. And in Acts chapter 12, literally says, But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. Simply because they lost the prisoner. And because when, especially, like I said, the recurring theme is death. So as a soldier, the last thing you want to do, especially guarding the tomb of Jesus, knowing how much the Jewish leaders hated him and wanted him there, knowing the position that they were in, why would they just let the tomb be empty? Why would they just let Jesus walk out of there and run away and sneak off? Why would they accept any bribes? Think about it. Oh, what if Mary bribed them? Okay, if, let's say Mary tried to bribe them. Again, with the whole death situation, I really doubt that they would take that small thing, whatever she offers them, and be like, yeah, okay, knowing that when they find out Jesus isn't there, guess who's dying? Them. Because they failed to do their job. Mm -hmm. I doubt that. I and really you know doubt what? That. It's because Jesus kept saying he was going to resurrect. Like, people, did he, wait, before I even misspeak. Because, like you said, remember, they were like, what if this is true? What if he's the son of God? Mm-hmm. So if they knew that, they really were going to make sure that nothing happened to his tomb. Yeah, the Jewish leaders would make sure. They literally gained nothing from even, oh, helping him escape or having him not there. Because they considered him a false prophet. So why? Where's his body? That, that's what I'm leading into because when Mary went to the tomb, the guards wasn't there. They weren't there. So now, based on this information, let's think what can possibly be so great, be so grand, that will make highly skilled Roman soldiers to abruptly leave their post and not return. It had to be something that generally must have scared them so bad that their mission went over their head, mm -hmm. and that had to be the supernatural. Mm -hmm. Because what? It leads me to my next question. Where was the body? Where is the body? Wait. <laughs> uh-huh so like i was saying the jewish leaders who hated jesus again assumed him to be the highest form of blasphemy you know the epitome of blasphemy thought he was a false prophet all this they would try to ensure in every way shape or form that jesus was dead and stayed dead for it to be proven that he stayed in that tomb which is why the guards were there even in the first place to ensure exactly. that no one would come when no, to ensure that no one would come in there and just take his body or, you know, just to guard it just in case for that, mm -hmm. you know? And the Roman guards would literally gain nothing again by allowing Jesus' body to be taken and by the apostles or Mary. And mm -hmm. because they knew they would be put to death, so they knew it was a dub. And I, like, it would have been a dub if they even tried, you know? Mm -hmm. These are highly skilled Roman soldiers. They, no. You think they would just accept a bribe like, okay, go on in. Mm -hmm. Go go ahead. What Pilate said? I don't know. Just let him in. <laughs> like, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
we already know that Jesus didn't fake his death based on that synopsis I just gave about what he went through and mm-hmm. run off somewhere with Mary. The body was indeed placed in that tomb, but now it wasn't there. So what happened? Where's the body? And I would gladly tell y'all what happened to the body. He risen. <laughs> he rose. Risen. Boom. <laughs> it's like, that's the answer. That is the answer. He risen. And people will literally Ascended. try to think of any other excuse. Any other, other than excuse. That. Because now cause they, they can't believe that he could. Oh, he ran dead. off. Where? Where he at then? How, and then, the, mind you, a heavy rock is placed in front of the tomb. My, mm-hmm. How could a man who was beaten and hang, hung on a cross right, right. have muster up the strength after being trapped in a tomb for three days to move that rock by himself mm-hmm. and just escape? How? Yeah, like, okay, I'm. Like, you got to put pieces together because it doesn't make sense. Even the guards not being there when Mary came in the first place. Why right. would they simply just leave? Why? Exactly. It has to be more of a reason than, oh, maybe someone attacked them. Who? Who? The apostles? And then did you, did, you, did you have in your notes about how the woman discovered him? So basically, I was leading into how... I don't want to jump the gun. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was leading into how it couldn't have been the apostles who attacked the, who went to get Jesus' body and attacked the soldiers because, let's be honest, they were terrified. They was literally quaking in the boots. Yeah. They was literally scared. Yeah. And they didn't have the courage, muscle, or strength to fight those soldiers. Mind you, they only needed two. Two of those Roman soldiers. The apostles were scared, okay? Mm-hmm. And around this time, they were scared... And when Jesus got taken, they basically scattered. And they were basically like a chicken without a head, running mm-hmm. around. There was basically like a sheep just running around with no shepherd. Like, mm-hmm. you got someone in this corner, Judas betraying Jesus then. What he do? Hung himself after because he was guilty. Um, mm-hmm. Weighing in this corner, supped us up the pounds. You got Peter denying him three times when he was questioned. Mm-hmm. It was just a hot mess. Everyone's, they, they were literally scared. Mm-hmm. And... Another thing about it is, even in John chapter 20, they were, it literally says that they were together with the doors locked in fear of the Jewish leaders coming after them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they definitely wasn't doing it. They, they definitely didn't do it. They didn't, they didn't go there. It wasn't them. And let's talk about the eyewitness accounts. One of the strongest arguments for the next 30 days or so after his um, execution, Jesus literally appeared everywhere throughout the region, appearing in front of small groups, large groups, women, men, etc. It's not like Jesus just, you know, privately went about his privately appeared here and there with like a shawl over his face Mm -hmm. or like dressed in a robe like he was in a hoodie. He was just moving Mm -hmm. out of sight, out of mind. No, he was like, boom, I'm here. Boom, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Boom, I'm here. Making people think they're crazy. They was like, wait, did I just see running back telling the apostles? And the apostles is like, no, no. Like, you know, they they in doubt and stuff until Jesus actually appeared to them. And they was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he it was eyewitness accounts of him, like, you know, popping in. He appeared. It was impossible to, it was literally impossible for him to do that privately. He didn't do it privately at all. And then, even when he did miracles, even when he healed people, 
large settings. Feeding the 5,000, large settings. 12 disciples consistently was with him. It's not like he went into someone's house, went into their their living room, said, everyone get out, lock the door, and then performed something, Mm -hmm. went outside, I did this. No, there was always people (laughs) around him whenever he did something. And speaking of that, you also have to think, okay, like I mentioned before, the apostles were scared, quaking in the booths. When Jesus appeared to them in John chapter 20, they was inside together in fear of the religious leaders coming after them. Mm-hmm. So now you have to ask yourself, what sparked the fire in those same apostles who were not only scared running away like sheep with no shepherd, but what, what caused that fire for them to just walk out afterwards and be like, here I am, Jesus mm-hmm. is real, bop, 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 do what you want, he's real, yeah. what you, what's, what's up? Die. That fear up, packed its bags and split. They had courage because once Jesus is not associated with the spirit of fear it gives us courage so they had all the courage they they had all the courage they went hard for Jesus they went hard for Jesus and why is that because they experienced Jesus resurrection they seen him conquer death he laid his life down and conquered death when they seen that that sparked that fire, put that battery in that back in there. Like, if he can do this, imagine such and such. Imagine all this. Imagine this. This is this is this is this is right here. This is it. This is real. We're doing. Let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know. And when, I feel like even Christians get that battery in their back. Believers, like knowing that the gospel is real, knowing that Jesus died for your sins, knowing that he literally laid his life down. Option. That was an option. He chose to do that. He wasn't. He had free will too. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't like forced to go in there. Like you have to do this right now. He knew what he had to do from the moment he got on earth. He knew his purpose. He knew what he had to do. He did it. Fulfilled the prophecies. Boom. Did all that. And that was an option. He chose to do that. He could have easily spoke when Pilate was speaking to him. Pilate didn't even want to persecute him and cruci- crucify him. He didn't want that to happen. He thought he was innocent, and he knew it was just the Jewish leaders being jealous and stuff. And Jesus stood there in silence. Basically, 95, 90, I would say 98% of the time, silent. Mm-hmm. And he, he could have easily been like, they're doing this to me, no, no, no. When they was beating him, he could eat. What? You think Jesus is weak? <laughs> My God is strong. Jesus could have easily, in a blink of an eye, boom. Mm-hmm. They all could have dropped to the floor. But no, he allowed himself to go through that. One thing that I love about Jesus, besides the many things I loved about it, it, about him, is that he never has us do anything that he didn't do. An example, turning the other cheek. Like, say you hit me, or it's like something happens, and or you make fun of me. It's so easy for me to retaliate. But even turning the other cheek, that's a, that's a lot to me. Because, you know, I always want to retaliate, or I want to... Just, oh, hurt you back. Uh, nah, nah. But sometimes you got to turn the other cheek and you can never say, Jesus, you don't understand what I'm going through. What? Jesus been betrayed. He's been teased. He's been murdered. He has been beaten. He basically turned the other cheek. In my opinion, he literally turned the other cheek. Mm-hmm. And 
humble, all that. He literally went through all of this on earth. He knows what you're going through. There is no one more relatable than Jesus because he literally went through that. To have someone who went through all of that, to understand us even more better, I just high five. Just high fives all around. He is just amazing. Something happened over 2,000 years ago and has changed the world. Literally changed the world. And even though, and like Jesus was prophesized and stuff, like that stuff will happen. He was prophesized and he did those prophecies. To me, this just feels so unreal at times because he did all that because he loved us. Mm -hmm. And wanted us to, I feel like, give us another, to like give us another option by conquering death, dying for our sins so that we can be forgiven. That... Because you know the wages of sin is death, but he he said, ha, conquered. He did. Wow, it's just I. This is just something that's real. That's the most I can say to sum it up. This is real. This isn't a fairy tale. This is just something that I'm choosing to believe in to help me get through the day, and to help me feel better. And to, I'm just picking something to go along with. This is something that is a hundred percent real. I'm following something 100% real. And you have all these false doctrines out here in cohesiveness with each other. They're so like in sync with each other. Like even the Catholics, you got um Muslims, you got um even some day Adventists, you got people believing in spirits, just random like spirit rain spirit. All that stuff manif- it's a lot. Why do you think Here's a question I also have that I've been thinking about for a while. Why do you think that Christianity is so divided within each other? You have all these false doctrines besides Christianity that are so in sync with each other. But when it comes to Christianity, we're so divided. There is so much division within our... You got the Protestants, you got Baptists, you got Southern Baptists, you got all these Mm -hmm. different tree branches. And the way I see it, my... Theory, I don't really do theories, but my theory is because Satan wants to attack, consistently attack us and keep us divided. Because the more divided we are on things, the more we can't be together in it. The more we can't be cohesive. Because you have all these other false doctrines. Why would he attack them? Why would he already attack a false mm-hmm. doctrine if they believe in something false and following something false and basing their whole environment over something that is wrong? What more does he have to attack them? There's nothing there for him to attack. They already are set digging a deeper than six feet hole for themselves. But with Christianity, us following the truth, us teaching the truth, us trying to get people to follow Jesus, accept Jesus, and get to God, build a relationship with him. This is so attacked. Christianity, the branch itself, is attacked with division, division here, division there, division. And that's why I be- that's another reason why I believe this is real. Because why else would this be so attacked with division? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to be connected. Imagine if we was all like in the same mindset, attacking, like, boom, boom, boom. Not attacking physically, y'all. I don't want y'all thinking, oh, she means an army. No. No. I but, mean, like, just together spreading the gospel, being well, all this thing. That. A house divided against itself. A house divided stand, right? cannot it's, stand. That's, that's the tactic that he's going for is the divide and conquer. Satan will consistently but attack this. Another branch. thing is, like, the further that we get away from the Bible mm-hmm. and what it says in the entire Bible, not just one piece of it, you know, I'm running with that. 
and trying to change the meaning. The further that you get away from that and add your own, like you say, humanistic interpretations and your own, you know, uh, rituals and traditions on that, that's when you get this division and that's when you allow Satan to enter in because at that point you don't have the Bible as your shield. So now you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So that's probably, that's another point. that I, I want y'all to know that Jesus over 2000 years ago, just about Jesus conquered death. Jesus loves you. And whether if you're listening, whether you're someone who accepts that accepts the truth and walks, tries to walk in the light as a child of the light or someone who's still trying to figure it out or someone who's not, who don't even know what they believe. Jesus loves you. And it's up to you to decide whether you're going to choose to accept that or not. Because at the end of the day, the most I can do is plant seeds. It's up to God to water it. And with that being said, I, what? I was going to say, dude, I'm going to open the floor to see if you have any comments. I do. Yeah. I wanted to mention um, another thing my dad always talks about is how when Jesus's tomb was discovered empty, it was discovered by two women, right? Mm -hmm. And to him, that's even more of a reason to believe that that's true because... People want to say, oh, the Bible was written by a bunch of men, right? Right. Who just made it up, right? Why would they why would they give credit to women for discovering the empty tomb? Even if you look in, in old texts and you do like research on the topic, a a lot of people from that time period did not did not even want to mention the women or give credit to the women mm-hmm. because you know, at that, it, like women weren't supposed to see, supposed to be seen as people who have like that sort of a value, right? So that's why my dad was like, he was making a point as to how you know that that's what actually happened because they they wouldn't just put that in there if it didn't happen, right? Like, do you understand? Because because it was women and the fact that they wrote that in the Bible, it's like, that's how you know it's, it actually happened. Because it would be easy for them to say, yeah, yeah, some, some guys discovered Jesus' dead tomb, blah, blah, blah. But because of, of the fact that they were females and they still included that, that means something. Uh, yeah. Also, I want to point out yeah. that the fact that there was two, because remember, like back in Deuteronomy, need at least two or more witnesses there for it to even be acceptable as a witness a testimony anything there were two it wasn't just one two mm-hmm. there were two and then of course the eyewitness kept piling up when people kept spotting jesus and stuff after his execution and another thing i want to even bring up about your woman example is that with luke the book of luke luke may have written that the account of Jesus, but that's Mary's gospel. As in, she that's her perception of what happened. As mm-hmm. in, she told him what happened. That, and he written that out from her perception. That's Mary's gospel. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Because, like, Luke is Mary's genealogy and Luke is Mary's gospel. Matthew is the gospel of Matthew. Mark is the gospel of Peter. John is John. Gotcha. But yeah, I said a lot. Do you have anything else you want to add? 
Or that you that was the main point that I wanted to make. I I had it up clear in my head earlier. <laughs> Just <laughs> butchered it. But that was the thing is they they probably didn't want to give those women the credit of discovering the empty tomb, but they still did, and that's. But it's not like a, it's not like it's a sexist Bible or anything, because they give women credit in the Old Testament as well, like Ruth and them. So I don't, I never really thought of it like that. I will always be like, I was just like, oh okay, they found him. I never really, because it's not like it was just men, 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 Eve, men, 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 Ruth, right. like you know, even Sarah, like. There's a few instances of women being talked about in the Old Testament. That's why I was just like, oh, okay. Well, that's the thing. is people, people feel like, oh, it's just a whole bunch of men sitting in a, in, you know, in a cave somewhere. And they just wrote the, made the Bible up. And it's just, yeah, men, this, men, that. But that's just another example. If that was the case, they wouldn't have written the, them as women who discovered the tomb. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was just a case that I wanted to make. That that kind of adds mm-hmm. to the sense of yeah that that definitely happened. Okay, yeah. So that's my notes on Resurrection Sunday. Basically, all that I had to say overall. Again, Jesus laid down his life, conquered death, ushered us into a new and better covenant that we follow today. He basically. I feel like I'm at a loss for words just thinking of all the stuff he even went through to get to this to get to that point but his word is everlasting times may change but his word doesn't it always goes with the times mm-hmm. um he um he died for our sins mm-hmm. and fulfilled the law fulfilled the prophecies basically came in did what he had to do came out he ascended into heaven afterwards you know after a while sent into heaven and then you know then we get into what happens after but that this for resurrection sunday we just wanted to cover those questions yeah and yeah yeah we want to pray i'll go ahead and pray out um everybody can bow their heads father god we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything that your son jesus christ did for us when he died on the cross and was resurrected and was resurrected and we just want to give honor to jesus and obey you and follow follow you to the best of our abilities god and we're just so thankful for what jesus did when he died for us for and for our sins um i pray that um, you can continue to lift uplift everybody um, who's struggling right now, who might be down right now, and carry us through the week. Um, and in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. This concludes this week's episode of Bibles and Bonnets. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe to us on our Spotify and Apple podcast. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later, guys.